Good morning, all, and welcome to not only the, the first Sunday in March, but the first Sunday in Lent. So we'll be um, having Lent-based messages as we approach, uh, actually started Ash Wednesday this past Wednesday service as we approach um, Palm Sunday, which is the Sunday before Easter and Holy Week. Holy Week is the, the week between Palm Sunday and Easter. So I, I'll give more announcements about that and activities coming. Also, we're tentatively looking to re-enter the church once again for in-person services. Hopefully no later than um, a month from today, first Sunday, in April and possibly uh, earlier. It just depends on uh, the numbers, how, how things check out in the ranges we're, we're able to, to make. Also want to thank those who, who have and continue to support us financially. The, the way we're receiving digital currency is still uh, cash app and our cash tag is dollar sign M-T-S-I-N-A-I-U-M-C. Again, that's dollar sign M uh, Mount Sinai U-M-C. And if you, for those who are watching, if you have your, your iPhone or Android phone, you should be able to scan that QR code and it should redirect and bring up the cash app where you're, you're ready to uh, contribute funds. And beyond my, my tithe that, that I have automatically sent from my bank, additional uh, contributions I send through, through the cash app. Also, for those who are sending traditional checks and money orders, you can send those to Mount Sinai, UMC, PO Box 349, Hazelhurst, Mississippi, Zip code three nine zero eight three. Again, that's P.O. Box three forty nine, Hazelhurst, Mississippi three nine zero eight three. With that, we we are ready um, to go into our prayer, and today's message is entitled "Change." Just simply change. I. I Kind of uh, tweak the, the title a bit and not sure if this will will unfold into a full blown series, but it's definitely what the spirit has laid on, on my heart and soul. The foundation scripture we coming from Second Corinthians five and 17 with supportive with the, the support scriptures coming from John 10, 10, uh, the second part of John 10, 10 and John Three, three. And this is a brief recap from what we covered Wednesday for those who were on with us uh, on Sunday. With that, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord God. We continue to pray, Lord God, for those who are involved with the, the Ukraine-Russian conflict, Lord God, that um, that's, that's having... A, a measure of impact uh, around around the globe, Lord God, with other countries who are not directly involved. 
Lord God, including the United States. So praying for our service men and women, Lord God, uh, for their involvement in, in the conflict and whatever supportive roles that, that they're playing, Lord God. We'll continue to pray for those. Uh, I, I hear, I've heard declarations that the pandemic is, is, is over, Lord God, but I'm still praying for, for those who, who are dealing with uh, COVID directly or indirectly, Lord God. Lord God, praying for uh, the healing of hearts, Lord God, for two uh, pastor friends, Lord God, that, that, that I received word that have passed recently, Lord God. Uh, pastor Lewis there in, in Magnolia, Lord God, and Pastor Doug Hooks. Who, who I attended licensing school with. So continue to pray and lift their families up, Lord God. And, 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 and that we reinforce and that we know that we are worshiping a risen Savior, Lord God, that even in the midst of a crisis, that we still have the Christ who is risen and, and interceding on our behalf, Lord God. Praying, Lord God, for health and strength and clarity, Lord God, and particularly during, during this Lengthen season, Lord God, as I said on Ash Wednesday, Lord God, that we that we are focusing more in this 40 days, Lord God, on what we are gaining and growing in you and from you than what it is we, we are giving up. And like and, and so with this message of change, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that all those under the sound of my voice, Lord God, including me, that that I hear accurately from you as the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. That, that we all can grow and benefit from, from the message. And, we are, and we'll be careful to give your name all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. For it's in the matchless name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. And with that, <clears throat> ready to jump right, right in. For those, um, I, I'll try and include this on, on the pod, in the podcast notes also, but, but it would definitely be in the notes on YouTube and on Facebook. But if you, uh, I often open my messages with questions. So it's something to ponder and reflect upon. And it's something that I genuinely hope and desire to answer as we proceed through the message. And for this message, <clears throat> the questions are, are somewhat simple in the simplicity in their vagueness. The first one is definitely more specific and personal to you, and that is, do you know what changes you? Do you know what cha changes you? And then that's a specific question to ponder on and reflect on and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. Lo lo loaded question. And the second question is is a lot more vague but what causes change so we'll uh touch on that from a human element a psychology from a psychological perspective and then we'll we'll get into um the, the spiritual uh application uh, of it all so Jumping right into the foundation scriptural text for today, and I purposefully used um, 
the New King James Version. During my studies, I generally read several translations and I try to extract the, the one that's most applicable for the message at, at hand. And in this case, the New King James, and we may go back and revisit the Amplified for, for uh, an extracted ver version of it. But this is the Apostle Paul in one of his letters to the church at Corinth. And note uh, the words from the Apostle. It says, therefore, <clears throat> if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And, and I do think uh, I would do just that. Look up that. Um, go to the amplified version of, of that just to expound on it since I mentioned and for that. <clears throat> I won't have the highlight, so I'm just going to go um, to read it directly off the, the Bible gateway. And this is the, uh, the amplified ver version of that same passage, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in faith as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The one, the, the old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So now. We, we jump in and we start um, unpacking this message. This is one, one of the things I thought about. Um, Pastor Tim to see how it often makes his way into my messages because I sat under him for about four, four and a half, five, five years when we were planning a church together. And in similar context, he, he would sing the verses of one of these songs about said, I took a look at my hands. My hands look new and my feet did too. And he said, come on, folks. So basically, it sounds good in a song and it gets us inspired and fired up. No. See, a person can change their complete appearance. They can rebrand themselves a new image and their heart can remain the same. No change whatsoever in their heart. And likewise, and this is what what largely what uh, Pastor Howard was referring to uh, in reference to that song. A person could have a spiritual renewal. A heart can change. They could be changed from the inside out and an outward appearance appearance. On the surface could largely remain the same. So 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 what are you getting at preaching? couple things. When you have truly had a change, a change of heart, and, and, and I did not 
prepare nor bring that into this message. And we may elaborate a bit more on this uh, on, on Wednesday nights when I take a little bit more time to to unpack scripture. But I think of the Pharisee. And later to become the Apostle Paul that's writing this letter on his road, on the road to Damascus, where he was then Saul and had an encounter with Christ. Initially, on the surface, there is no change. There's no change in his reputation because his reputation preceded him so much, in fact, that when the transformation took place and he was now changed by the grace of Christ with this encounter, other believers still feared him, wanted nothing to do with him. And initially on the surface, he still looked the same, although now he's completely changed. Thus, him later penning these words and writing these words that anyone who is in Christ Jesus and I say the Holy Spirit is in them. There's a new creation. All things have become new. Pastor Bernard McClendon uh, put it this way several years ago while, while we were out to lunch. He said, Richard, whether you prepare for next year or not, it's still coming. So why not prepare? So what does all of this have to do with change. Continuing from my Ash Wednesday message and, and my desire um, that God does a mighty work in us that causes change in us. And let me see if I can run, if I can uh, cover the whole spectrum brief briefly in this context. My heart's desire is there may be those listening to this message who does not know Jesus Christ and the pardon of their sin as their Lord and Savior. And I got good news for you. I have the good news. The good news of Jesus Christ is you can accept Christ today and your life can 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 change forever. Now, uh, I put in my notes and, and I was going to uh, get get to it later in the message as a reference. But in John chapter three, there's an exchange going on between Jesus and a Pharisee, and he's explaining a spiritual transformation. So without Christ, without an encounter with Christ, without accepting Christ into your life, without being in Christ, there is no real change. So you, you can have a more victory you, you can employ self-help. You can feel like you're achieving more and doing better. But there's still spiritual death without Christ there, there. The new has not come. There is no new life. There is. This is akin to the same message I'm talking about. There, there are those who are still struggling with making it to Christ and those who may be what we call in church in a black, a backsliding, a backslidden state. But there is no getting right before getting with God. Why is that? Great question. Because God knows 
who we are and where we are. This is still covering that spectrum from the lost, the non-believer, those who have not accepted Christ, those who hear the Holy Spirit pressing upon their heart to accept Christ, those who have been in the church for many years and God's desiring and calling for you to elevate, to, to rise up, to grow. And for the seasoned saint who, who's genuinely looking for a new way to grow, God is still offering uh, to grow us up knowing who we are and where we are. So then shifting gears from the unbeliever or those who are struggling with accepting Christ as Lord and Savior for those of us who are saints, those of us who are in the church, then where does this change take place and how do we grow? Prayer, prayer reading the scripture, obedience. Prayer, reading the scriptures, obedience. When we prayerfully read the scriptures to be guided by the Holy Spirit, the word is, is illuminated. It's, 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 it's brought to life for us, not just letters on, on parchment, on paper, but the words become come life. Jesus, in, in John 6 and 63, he said, the words I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So it becomes very life in us. And, and, and you can't remain the same. So the change is taking place. But Pastor Scott often preaches about the obedience piece. I subscribe to and believe in, in my theology and all that's in me in the concept of free will. God will not force any of us to do anything. Can can make it more pleasing to, to, to choose uh, his path, but no force, free will. And this is where the obedience comes in. So in this change, in this growing stage, in, in a desire to grow and to gain more from where we are, there has to be the, the obedience on, on our part. Now, this will be the second time in, in, in a week, at least within two weeks. I don't remember exactly when I mentioned her last. I think it was Sunday before last. So two weeks since I mentioned Joyce Myers. But when you write, you write. This is what, what Sister Joyce says. She said, God loves us where we are. But he loves us too much to allow us to stay there. I know that'll preach. Man, when I heard that, I was ready for, for a runway to take off. God loves us where we are. So he finds us where, where we are. This, this is the, 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 the non-believer, those who are struggling. When you receive Christ, he saves you and, and, and raises you up. For those in the church who've been in the church for years, in the physical church, in a local body of believers, but have not achieved much growth. God loves you too much to leave you there. Thus to change. God is desiring a positive change in us. And I said I, I would briefly touch on the human nature part of it, uh, of the psychology of change. So what causes change in, in, in people? First, let, let's get the easy one out of the way. One of my favorite oxymorons 
that I have ever heard, but it's most appropriate. The only constant that we have in this life is change. The only constant that we have is change. What are you getting at? I just quoted my friend, uh, Gwenoa McClendon, talking about change coming. Change is going to happen. We're going to all be changed one way or the other. You live to see a new day. You are a day older. If you drive your car the exact same way uh, on your way to, to work, there's still something different that, that you pass, that you encounter while you're doing that. So change happens. So whether we prepare for it, whether we want it or not, change happens and we're not the same. But good in, in the natural sense or in the human uh, state of saying what, what's good or bad. When good things happen to us, um, when children are born into our lives, it causes a change. When I was told uh, one of the greatest changes that happened to you uh, is becoming a parent, I, could, I have lived long enough to attest to the truthfulness of that. Becoming a parent completely changes you as, as a person. What we categorize as bad things or losing someone or being physically hurt, emotionally hurt, all of this changes us. So then what's the spiritual application, preacher? I'm certainly glad you asked. Change is going to take place. Regardless if we want to or not. But how great is this change when we are in Christ, when we are new creations, when we are new creatures, when the new has come and behold, all things now have become new. How we act or respond or how we see the world. One of the things I, I learned at uh, Bell, Bell Haven University now, I almost said college, Bellhaven University, while working on my master's. You were going to give your Christian worldview for virtually everything you submitted and turned in, and you continued to tweak and refine it. And, and I'm going to give you the simplest definition that, that I could come up with to give you the concept of what a Christian worldview is. What's happening in the world is happening in the world, but when you put on, but when you are in Christ and you're looking through the lens to see the world as Christ sees it, then you have a Christian worldview. So now you're looking at the world through the eyes of Christ and in Christ. So with the change taking place in the world, with the change taking place in us, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Right now, uh, a rhema word. Fresh, right, right in the moment. Mm. God genuinely desires for the impact, for the change to take place in us. And because of the Holy Spirit change in us, that we have an impact and a change on our environment, the situation around us. This is change. This is the difference in just uh being uh, a casual observer, but being impactful or, or being a part of, of, of that change because of the change that's taking place in us. Hmm. 
the work of salvation, there, there is no work we have done or can do for the work of salvation. Let me repeat that. Regardless of what you've heard concerning salvation before this point, this is as clear as Pastor Scott can make it for you. Welcome to, to uh, direct message me, call me, text me, and, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll be as patient as I can to, to elaborate on this. But there has been and there is no work that we can do to gain salvation, because if we could, Christ would have come in vain. There would have been no reason for Christ to come. Christ has finished the work of salvation. That's why he said it is finished on the cross. However, we must accept the salvation that he has graciously paid for and provided for us. And with that acceptance comes the obedience that brings about that change that we're talking about. So now let's, let's, let's touch on these, uh, the other scriptures that I, that I mentioned in the opening that, that I said we, we would cover. And that is John 10, 10, the second part uh, of the verse. And since I'm pulling it directly uh, off the site, it's what's highlighted in red. This is what Christ is offering us in this change from death to life. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So Christ in the salvation that Christ is offering, these are the words of Jesus Christ himself. This is a conversation that Jesus is having with the Pharisee Nicodemus. And he's saying, saying that I have come that they may have life. Excuse me. And have it to in abundance to the full. That's what some of your translations would say. So Jesus is saying that he's desiring that we go from death to life here and now. So how does that take place? Man, that's a great question. And then that, that's what brings us to John 3, 3. Many, many of us, if you've been in the church for a while, you could recite John 3, 16 by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Same conversation with Jesus and Nicodemus. But early in this conversation, this is what Jesus <clears throat> says to Nicodemus. Jesus replied. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they be born again. My God, my God. So. Jesus goes on to unpack spiritual birth, the difference in natural birth when we're born of our parents. But now he's talking about this spiritual birth and in this spiritual birth. It is not possible for us even in the natural, to remain the same. When I encounter old friends, they say, oh, Richard, you haven't changed one bit. God bless their souls. Or as we were saying, the South, bless your heart. I know they mean well, and I trust that they're speaking uh, uh, of my fun personality and my uh, handsome good looks and my appearance that I still 
look the same as we were saying in the opening. Oh, but God has done a work in me and thanks be to God. I am not what God would have me to ultimately be, but thank God I am nothing like I used to be. God is still doing a work on me and thank God that the change that we're preaching about, teaching on and talking about today is perpetual and ongoing, that there is an ongoing change in me. So I may continue to have uh, a similar or familiar personality. My appearance may look the same, but I, I thank God that I've lived long enough and I've grown long enough in the faith that I genuinely appreciate the rebuke and the correction and the growth that the Holy Spirit brings. So with that, receive this closing prayer. And I, I sincerely hope and pray that you all will uh, join us on Wednesday as we continue to lift one another up during this Lent season and praying for, for even more change to take place as we grow in Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord God. Thank you for loving us enough to meet us where we are, Lord God, but loving us too much to, to leave us there, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for loving us enough, Lord God, that in our salvation, Lord God, that a change takes place for the good, Lord God. Thanks, Lord God, for loving us enough that we don't have to do this change by ourselves, that we simply have to be open to receive and obedient to fulfill that which you have entrusted to us and, 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 in, and in dwelling that you have in us. And Lord God, we continue to pray for our brothers and sisters, those who are grieving recent losses, Lord God, or anniversary of losses, Lord God. We're praying for those, Lord God, who are continuing to, to deal um, with effects directly or indirectly in this, it, with this COVID uh, virus, Lord God, in this pandemic. We're praying for, for families, Lord God, who may be suffering in silence, Lord God, who, who look good and calm on the surface, Lord God, but only you and them, Lord God, knows what they're really going through. So we're praying for peace, Lord God. And we're praying, Lord God, for the seasoned saints in the church, that as the change takes place in us, Lord God, as you grow us up spiritually, Lord God, as we grow stronger, as you told Peter, that once we are strengthened, that we are to go back and strengthen our brothers and our sisters. Now to him who's able to present us spotless and blameless before the throne of grace, I pray that you keep our hearts and mind both in the knowledge and in the love of Jesus Christ. Go in peace. Know that I love you and God loves you too. And I so hope and pray that you all come back to join us on Wednesday. God bless. <laughs>